Welcome to the Continuous Delivery Podcast. My name is Zarar. I'm Chaba. I'm Hino. I'm Cheesy. Today's topic is design. Where does design fit in into continuous delivery? We have this idea, which is very popular, called work-ahead sprints. And I think this was somewhat made popular by the whole Google design sprint idea. So designers did their work, created their mock-ups you know, in the previous sprint, assuming you're using Scrum or something like that. And then the development team, the engineers took that and built something in the next, in the next iteration, which is usually another sprint. What are the pros and cons of that approach? Uh, and where is it uh, applicable and maybe not applicable? The work ahead is something that I've seen actually done quite a bit. And what I find is that it makes the assumptions, again, that, that we know exactly what it is that we want to build and that we need to get it to a pixel perfect uh, level before we can start to do any work. And actually, in a continuous delivery world, both of those are not true from my uh, experience. So first of all, on the, we know exactly what we want to build. Well, I, I think we've, we've learned over the years that a lot of times we don't know what the user really wants until we put, start putting something in front of them. And so taking something and, and trying to design it and putting a huge amount of effort into it that might take weeks of, of work is in many ways wasted if we put something out in the users and later we find out that it wasn't the right thing or we find out that there was a way to make it better. Uh, so. The other flip side to this is that developers don't need pixel perfect designs in order to get started. Uh, something like a low fidelity mockup where somebody just on a, on a whiteboard or on a flip chart draws like a, a, a really quick picture of it is enough for development to get started. So if the idea is to get something built quickly, get it in front of users and learn from it and iterate on that based on what we learned from the users, these two, this, this work ahead adds a lot of waste from those two perspectives that I just mentioned. And, and a better approach would be, again, start very low fidelity at this in development uh, with design, get that in front of the users as quickly as we possibly can, uh, try to learn as much as we can and iterate on that. So that's my view. Somebody from a design background might say that if you are putting just stuff that you sketched on the whiteboard in front of your end users, you are actually sacrificing user experience. I don't want to put words in Cheesy's mouth, but it seems like he's sort of fast-tracking that aspect and putting something in front of the users which may not be delightful to the users, which may not have the right look and feel or the right experience. How do you how do you relate get something fast out in front of the user versus is that a good user experience? There is indeed some work that can be done upfront that doesn't necessarily require to put them in front of to put the functionality in front of users. I'm thinking of interaction design. I'm thinking of coming up with creative ways to enable a functionality for your end users. That might require some research. That might require some ways of working, some creative thinking, brainstorming, iterating over that kind of stuff. Cheesy's point is, don't go too deep in this. I don't think he says, don't do any research whatsoever. Don't do, uh, don't do any interaction design. But don't go too deep in this and try to figure out how you can, as fast as you possibly can, validate some of those ideas that you come up with and how to put that in front of the user so you can get real feedback that is not just coming from research, but is also coming from actual use of, uh, of users. 
Um, if we design our applications, and, I, and when I'm talking about designing in this case, it's uh, if we develop our applications really well, then we should be able to change the interaction. We should be able to change that design in future iterations. In the meantime, though, we already have had a version that we could give to our users that they could benefit from and that we as an organization could benefit from as well. That that, that pixel perfectness that, uh, that Cheesy mentioned is just uh, the law of diminishing return. So, so you are not the the amount of uh, time invested into that is not going to give you significantly uh, a better outcome, and and that, that's where you have to find that kind of middle ground that also Hino was talking about that that yeah it has to be just good enough that that you can start getting the the feedback. There is a design industrial complex I like to call it, where we have actually gone very detailed into role specificity. We now have, you know, content designers, visual designers, interaction designers, researchers uh, who are there designing products and testing it in front of, um, you know, in focus groups or what have you, or on usertesting.com and really spending a lot of effort, money and time uh, trying to get user feedback in that way. Cheesy, what do you see the advantages and disadvantages of that approach? And would you recommend something else? If you're doing nothing at all, there, there, there is a lot of value in what, what, what you're describing. Uh, because uh, talking to users, iterating through ideas within users is much faster than doing it in, in, in a traditional software development approach. Okay, But the problem that we have and that we've learned through the last decade or so is that the data that we get in those those user studies is highly biased, and to a point where we we can use it to help us kick something off potentially, but we can't use it to make final decisions. And and that the best data that we can get are the unbiased data, is data that comes from users who are performing activities who don't realize that that they're participating in a test. I'm not going to say that there's anything wrong with doing that, but what I have found is that Often that detracts away from focused efforts to get a higher value of data. A lot of companies, they do this. And the reason that they do this is because, from my experience, is because their development cycle is incredibly slow. Like I said, uh, if it takes a month, two months to get an idea out in front of users, then absolutely we can iterate a lot of ideas very rapidly using this design approach that you're talking about, Zarar. But, uh, but that's not what we're talking about here in continuous delivery. Here we're talking about having an idea and it only taking a matter of you know, a couple of days to try that idea in front of users. And in a case like that, the pendulum tips toward actually doing this with real users and away from the lower value uh, test matter. The fastest way to validate your assumptions is to ask a couple of questions to users in a research setting because your software delivery lifecycle is so damn slow that it would otherwise take you a month. Well, then that is a very valuable approach. You get real feedback from users, uh, even though they're in a somewhat artificial setting because it's a research setting, but still it's valuable data that you would receive. But if you have the choice to put that real functionality in front of users, to have them use it in, in a way that they otherwise would, in the way that it is designed, then the, the data that you get is, is an awful lot more valuable. And if you can do this in a very timely fashion, then uh, then suddenly the, uh, the value of months and months or, or weeks of research might significantly diminish. If the design uh, or, or whoever doing this research 
they would have a certain a certain ideas then depending on on the circumstances it might worth even doing an ab test or maybe even putting multiple uh versions of that of that first uh, of the first design out to the users again to to hinos and cheese's point is make the users use it so if, if as much as possible uh moving towards the 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 real test uh, is is going to always give you uh, uh, more options, and then of course, if if we employ all these um, all these techniques like A/B testing or 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 canary testing, then that's that's going to um, uh, that's ultimately uh, will be your, uh, your 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 best feedback mechanism. Reading the uh, Lean UX manifesto or, or document or whatever the the, the book refers to, uh, it, it does talk about high collaboration between uh, the development team, which involves engineers and, and designers and everybody. What are some ways we can reduce the inherent gating that's present when we talk about design? We always talk about when, you know, when a mock-up is ready, we give it to the developers. When a visual design is ready, we give it to the developers. So they, w- what are some techniques or practices that we can employ that reduces that that gate between designers and developers so that uh, we work more collaboratively? So for me, uh, I would start by talking about what does it mean for the design to be ready and what does that look like and, and have a discussion as a team with developers and, and designers because uh, I've had this, I've done this in the past, and where designers have come maybe more from a a uh, uh, an agency like a design agency type uh, past, where for them ready means ready to present to their client. It means it's pixel perfect. It means that it's absolutely uh, ready to go. It should never have any changes imposed. Whereas you could have conversations with developers of, do you need that in order to get started? And the answer will almost always be no. And so starting to have those conversations around what does it mean for the design to be ready? What does that look like? And then also having conversations around, you know, what type of insight can designers have by jointly uh, working through some of this with developers? So in other words, start to build, uh, foster this idea that as a team, you know, we, we bring all bring a, an expertise but that developers have a lot of experience as well. And so, and, and even encourage the team to give it a try sometime where let's just take an idea from a product owner and let's, let's have designers and developers work together in close, close iterations uh, continuously and always challenge whatever is that, of what does it mean to be ready and push back on that. So what I would encourage people to do is that um, instead of having a handoff and, and trying to figure out when something is ready enough to go to take it to development is to bring development in from the very, very, very beginning um, and, and have that conversation, create that visibility into what's going on, what's coming down the pike, uh, what is the high level functionality that designers currently are working on and, um, and provide that input as, uh, as developers as well. Um, there's a couple of things that that does. Uh, first of all, when the developers are uh, participating in that whole design process and even just be aware of it and, and, and know about it on a daily basis on, on its, about its progress, then they are in a position where they can say like, hey, we, 
we actually might be ready to start on this thing. All of the, the colors, we can flush out afterwards. The actual, the actual content, we can flush out as we are developing this as well. And, uh, and, and where certain button, buttons will go, we can flush this out as well. We have enough of the design ready right now, based on what we see, to get going. So uh, the sooner you bring develop, development in, the faster that will go. There's actually quite a lot of information that developers have that uh, design can benefit from. Even from from a technical perspective, uh, could be could be a good idea to talk to developers. I had one one pretty sad story where uh, that uh, design agency style design was created like it was like almost like a hundred page uh, a beautiful PDF and document of this this entire design. And then you know the sprint reviews this was presented, and then one of the tech leads just said, "Well, we cannot implement that type of functionality what the designers designed." So uh, I'm pretty sure if they work together and not just then the developers didn't just see it in the in the sprint review that uh, that design, they would be able to save lots of man hours and be able to uh, catch that 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 very very early. At the same time, that conversation or or that idea that design dreamed up, that might still be very valuable, right? So it would be a shame to lose that as well, right? So we we kind of need to keep the playing field as open as we possibly can for new ideas to surface, for designers to come up with that creativity, because that's where innovation comes from as well. Yeah, for, for absolutely. Like, there's no question about it. It's just sometimes uh, if technically not feasible to implement something, maybe, maybe to get to the same outcome, there are other options. I feel that designers add a tremendous amount of value when we are actually writing the user stories uh, or when we are deciding what metrics to track, because they're able to tell us a lot about human behavior, and they may they may add insight things like maybe you should track how long a user spends on this page, which is way more reflective of what they're thinking than on page X versus Y or or what have you. Because they have this this insight into how people think, they can actually help design better experiments and track better data. And you know, transitively speaking, it'll eventually make better product decisions. What do you think of that um, that approach of designers working with product managers to design these experiments right from the get-go? So um, I worked with uh, many designers and uh, what I can tell that that all of them have doubts. Like uh, I, I never met somebody who said, well, this is going to be the perfect design, this is going to be the perfect user experience. So they all have doubts. And uh, and, and I believe that if, if that conversation can happen, uh, with the product manager and, and partially some of the doubts coming from because because they sometimes uh, don't have the full picture, the, 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 the total information of what are the, the, the product managers try to accomplish, right? So it's often, uh, often it happens that, uh, that they are in a, in a little bit of information vacuum. And, and so if, if that collaboration can happen and, and, and of course it should happen, then, then on one hand, uh, maybe even the initial hypothesis could be could be drafted differently, and then that data is going to to help the designer uh, down the road to um, kind of confirm or deny some of some of his or her doubts. Basically, Chaba, what you what you're saying, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. What you're saying is that what we said about developers early on that uh, it makes sense for them to be included in the design work from the very beginning 
the same is true for designers to be included in the product work from the very beginning. And I and I 100% agree with you. The value that they bring in the, in, the interaction um, between between product and design, I've seen this in in uh, in practice as well, makes products better. Informs priorities oftentimes as well. Priorities to, uh, as you you said, Zerar, to learn about the the customer behavior and to learn about what is important for them. And uh, and to identify the things that that are somewhat unknown, uh, all that stuff can be brought into and, and be considered while prioritizing uh, what we go to the customer with first. I think you know if we're talking about this hypothesis-driven development approach of continuous deployment, then what you really have is you have product owners, product managers, whatever label you want to give them who are trying to define what outcome they hope to achieve. Then you have uh, developers and designers who are iterating through various hypotheses and various experiments trying to optimize the, the outcome or trying to optimize toward the outcome that the product owner is trying to achieve. I firmly believe that that designers that do have that design thinking background uh, who, who bring with them a, a wealth of knowledge and experience around different user interactions, different uh, ideas uh, are, are incredibly valuable uh, in helping us structure those those experiments. So developers typically we tend to to be maybe one step away from a lot of that, and, and we don't always think along those lines. So I think it's fairly essential to have that additional mindset there, and that's that's kind of from my perspective the huge role that that design has. So it's, it's the role of, first of all, working with us to, to build the initial idea, but then working with us to design the experiments, to continue to iterate on it, to improve on it, to collect the data, to learn. I think you guys are thinking too narrowly. I think we should start having psychologists on the team. So here's uh, an idea I want your reaction to, um, and tell me if you recommend it, or when you recommend it, or if you don't recommend it. The idea of a design user story. So I don't recommend the design user story because um, the most important aspect of user story that has to provide some kind of a, a user-focused uh, experience, which should be, should be a slice, something that, that is implemented across. And uh, the other thing is that, that that design user story should happen almost literally the same time as the actual user story that's being developed? Uh, I definitely don't recommend it. I'm, I'm, I'm firmly against it. And the reason why is because you're just creating more artificial handoffs. What we said earlier on, we want to bring developer f development earlier into, uh, into the design cycle. We want to bring designers earlier into the product uh, cycle. What we're doing now is creating a boundary between uh, what is design and what is, what is not design uh, by creating such a, a design story. It just doesn't work. I agree with both what Chaba and Hino said. I, I don't think it's a good idea. It not only creates handoffs, but it creates this whole uncertainty around what does it mean for that design story to be done. Uh, and just like we don't create a story for testing, we have one for development or testing. What we do is we have a story to deliver some piece of, of functionality. Included in that is the testing, the development, and the design. And that concludes the Continuous Delivery Podcast. We'll see you guys again soon enough. Goodbye.